Hey there. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Well, I'm okay, I guess. I did sleep for like 12 hours. Do you know, um, one of my favorite writers, um, Frederick Durst, um, <laughs> he once said, it's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. And yeah. to me, that really resonates sometimes. Like today, um, Wait, wait a second. I have to stop, actually, because did we talk about Limp Bizkit the last time you were on? I think so. Oh, my God. I didn't even plan that. I just like, oh, my God. Okay, well, we're cursed uh, or blessed, alternately. I think we're blessed. Too duress to be stressed. Um, But, yeah. uh, No, I'm okay. I... (laughs) Yeah, I slept like 12 hours somehow, which is the kind of thing that I don't know what your mom is like, but mine is always just like I guess my mom's more on like the indulgent side of things but like whenever I'm like oh yeah. I slept for like 12 hours she's like well your body must have needed it like oh yeah when I was in That's- high school and I slept like terribly and stuff she was just like why are you doing this but now that I'm an adult she's like oh that's I guess you must have just had to yeah like I every time I go home I sleep so much mm-hmm. and I don't know what happens to my body but I just like completely decompress and I'm just like I need to take five naps and I need to sleep 10 hours and my mom was always just like you just work so hard when you're in New York and you come here and you just want to sleep and I'm like yeah oh well I mean you do work hard yeah I mean um there's one thing that I wanted to ask about in re your work because I just sort of saw it uh recently someone else was scrolling through their insta the other day and showed me these pictures which I thought were really cute and my question is are you ready for it which is to say <laughs> me to ask you about Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh my God. I, so I was like, I was just in Chicago for the weekend and I went to go take my little sister who's five to go see Taylor for her first concert. And because I am a music journalist, I have certain lucky connections that I can mm-hmm. utilize. And Membership so it has to, its benefits. Right. And so I was able to bring her backstage to meet Taylor, which was, Mutually beneficial because I love Taylor Swift and also wanted to meet her, but <laughs> it was really cool. It was just like, I, it's weird having a five-year-old sister cause I'm, she was born when I was 20. So it's mm. like, you know, I don't really see her a lot and we didn't yeah. really grow up together. Cause when I was 20, I was living in New York already. So it's like cool to be able to do like really dope big sister things that only like a, a full grown adult can do. So I have to like overcompensate <laughs> when I, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't see you for like months at a time. So let me have you meet your favorite pop star. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Like, you know, like, usual big sister thing. Yeah. Just typical, <laughs> typical stuff. Yeah. Um, just girly things. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that's really nice though, because like, imagine in like 10 well, in 10 years, she might hate you um, yeah. just because of being a teen. But, you know, in 15 years, like, which is a long time from now, <laughs> but like, you'll be like, sh- sh- I mean, you're already cool to her now, probably, but like, she'll be aware of how cool you are. Yeah, I'm like excited to see how her music taste shifts. And she's probably going to think this is a very uncool thing, like 10 years from now. And she'll be uh-huh. like, Ugh, Taylor Swift is not cool anymore. <laughs> Uh, she'll be like really into new metal, which I'm really hoping for, and then I can Please. hopefully provide in that way. Yeah, Fredder's reunion tour. Limp <laughs> yeah, Biscuit. Limp Biscuit's always going to be touring, and hopefully my sister will love them as much as I did when I 
was a team. Yeah. And now. Yeah. Well, we can only <laughs> hope for the kids to grow up right. You know? Yeah. It takes a village. <laughs> I have a confession, which is before we started recording, I listened to something that I haven't listened to since college and it was really bad. It was, um, do you remember in like the early 2000s, there was this trend of like lounge singers recording rock music as like lounge songs? Um, oh, like Paul Anka? Paul Anka, Anka did it, but I'm pretty sure Paul Anka stole it from someone else. Um, yeah. This guy named Richard Cheese, which, Ooh. haha, dick cheese, right? It's so good. Um, <laughs> he, I think, accused Paul Anka of stealing it from him. Um, but um, he was, he did like a bunch of albums. Um, he was like, I guess, like a voiceover artist as well. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. He's just like one of these guys who like, that's his whole thing. Um. And I listened to the, there's a Limp Bizkit medley of uh, Nookie and Break stuff uh, <laughs> that I listened to before uh, we recorded and was like, I liked this in college. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I like some weird stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I was really obsessed with that Paul Anka album just because like his like Rock Swings album, because I like when it came out, um, I think it was like when I was in junior high and I was really really and I'm still into Nirvana but like I was really really into Nirvana and also like just had gotten my iPod was like love downloading music and so I was just I would download like multiple versions of Smells Like Teen Spirit like I would just like collect (laughs) weird covers Uh of it because I just really I loved having it I had like the rockabye baby lullaby version of Smells Like Teen Spirit I had the swing version of Smells Like Teen Spirit I had a tango version I just like really loved cover, like collecting covers of it. It was my very nerdy. It's thing good. That well, I did. <laughs> I loved in those battle days of like downloading, um, where you would get all these mislabeled files, and like sometimes, yeah, they were just like weird versions of things. And like the yeah. equivalent of that now is like sometimes if you'll go on Spotify and search like for a show theme song, you'll get like a bunch of different meaty versions of it um yeah like i i think you can do that with seinfeld or home improvement it's pretty good but like you'd also just get like totally misnamed songs and stuff like weird (laughs) al weird al was hit the hardest by this because all of these really awful songs like really like homophobic and racist and stuff were like attributed to him and he was like i would never do this like why would just because it's a funny song people are like oh it's weird al yeah it's like no don't do that (laughs) to my sweet boy Yeah, I was like, I was just such a nerd and I was so scared of downloading illegally. Mm. And I just, I never did it. Like I, it freaked me out. My computer was so slow already. We didn't get Wi-Fi in my house until after I went to college. So we had dial up for years Mm -hmm. and I was just like, so terrified of like the computer already moved slowly. I was like, I'm going to get a virus. (laughs) I'm going to ruin the computer forever. I was like, I need this computer. And so I just like was so against it. And I would get all these like iTunes gift cards. Like that was all I got for holidays and birthdays was iTunes gift cards from my family and from my friends because I knew that all I wanted to do was download music because I had no other hobbies. And so (laughs) (laughs) they just like would give me so many iTunes gift cards and I would spend all my money on CDs and everything. I had like, I think close to 500 CDs by the time I left for college. Wow. And I just like, I didn't start... 
illegally downloading until I was in college and I learned what torrenting was. And so I would download full discographies by different artists just for fun because <laughs> just continued to be nerdy. And so, yeah, so that's when I got really into it. So I never used LimeWire or Napster or anything oh, okay. that everyone else used because I was just like so terrified of ruining my computer. That's a real fear. Yeah. I mean, you would get like, you would get, I don't know, all kinds of like pranks and like bad 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 eggs and stuff online yeah. like my computer once had like a virus that um was like i no one says that anymore they all just say you're hacked um but like <laughs> it was just like it redirected your internet explorer to some page that was like pay me five hundred dollars and i'll remove this virus and it was like yeah i'm pretty sure that if that happened to me now i could just be like oh all this has done is redirect the page i'm just gonna google how to get rid of this and then it'll yeah. be gone but like at that time it was like the bad old days and like i remember one time i was like looking at some stuff that i um well i'm not gonna say shouldn't have been looking at but <laughs> it was maybe ill-advised uh, on the family computer in the living room um yeah Although my dad was asleep upstairs. And what that did was it did redirect, it did reset our homepage to um to a kind of similar site. And um that wasn't ideal. Yeah. And um so what I had to do was then I started using Firefox and was like, no one use Internet Explorer. It's got a virus. Don't open it. It's bad for the computer. It makes it go slow. Use Firefox instead. And I just quarantined Internet Explorer. <laughs> it's like once it happens once you're like oh my god i can't I'm terrified of everything at least for me because yeah. i'm me <laughs> uh-huh. yeah no it's um it was scary it was like those wild days um yeah i can't remember the last time i bought a song from itunes i think that would have been like 2009 probably yeah 2010 i was buying albums from it around then last time I bought an album, I feel so bad. I'm one of those people who just streams and I feel so bad about it. Um, yeah. But to be fair, the music I'm streaming is either like 40 years old or is mm -hmm. from like an artist who really does not need the pennies. Um, yeah. So I'm not that worried about it. But like, I, I don't know. I should buy more music on Bandcamp or whatever. Hey, kids, stop all the downloading. Do you remember that <laughs> classic? Do you remember that one? I'm a computer. No. That was like one of those G.I. Joe parodies that became really popular in the early 2000s. And one of them just said, stop all the download. And, or like, do you remember um, that these weren't for music so much? They were for movies. They were like they played before a movie yeah. went on and they were like, you wouldn't steal a car. You oh, wouldn't yeah. steal a baby. You wouldn't steal a heart. Or would you? Um, you so you shouldn't steal a movie. Downloading is theft. You're stealing from the motion picture industry association films um and it was just like very intense and like yeah. supposed to scare people and they're not doing it because like SWAT teams will break in and like gun you down <laughs> I think that like yeah I remember seeing that ad a lot and I was just like how do people pirate movies because I just didn't know yeah how the right worked. I was like I, I was don't like, know how do people do that yeah that was like torrenting shit yeah. and like I didn't get on that train until like much later Oh, yeah. I I remember, like, the bootleg movies, though. My grandma was so into getting bootleg movies because she worked at a pharmacy. Mm. And there were a few people, like, from the town that would come in and they'd be like, oh, like, we have, like, the 
you know, this like bootleg of whatever like dumb movie just came out. And so my grandma would always pay like the $2 to get them. But it was like someone's just like, like video recorder in the back of a theater. And like, you could see them moving around. You could hear them like eating popcorn and just like on the, like in the background of the recording. And it's just like <laughs> really terrible, grainy, like, like high school dance recital type of recording <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> from the back of a theater. Those are my favorite. Like I love like a movie from like a guy selling DVDs on the street. Yeah. And just like a like a little paper sleeve or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like like I feel like actually my friends used to get them in high school from like family friends. Um yeah. in like in China or something. And like those would be really interesting because there'd be all kinds of subtitles and things that maybe weren't even from the right movie. Um but yeah, bootlegs. You gotta I feel like you see them less and less in New York. Like I feel like I yeah. see them like at my like at my old laundromat. Like I would see just like this random old woman who would come in and just like pull out a bunch of like DVDs in these plastic bags just and ask everyone if they wanted to buy them. Mm-hmm. And that happened actually like really recently at a bar in Williamsburg. Like someone came up and like was offering us these DVDs, but then also <laughs> offered us like a light up dog. Like what? they had to like supplement with other products because <laughs> oh. people probably weren't buying the DVDs. And so she like, open her bag and she had like Deadpool 2 and she was like do you want to buy this and we were like no and we thought she'd walk <laughs> away and then she just stayed there and she pulled out a light up dog and was like do you want to buy this and we were like so entranced by it that we almost kind of did but then we didn't it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a very confusing moment <laughs> no uh, yeah huh um, just a real twist a real yeah, it's sad in these days when like you can't just sell bootlegs anymore. You got to sell cartoon dogs or light up dogs or whatever dogs, yeah. you know. <laughs> huh. What else do people sell in the streets that you buy? Umbrellas, obviously. I've never bought an umbrella from a street vendor. Um, I haven't. I bought like jewelry. I've always wanted to buy those like scripts that they sell. Like I think it's. Mostly, I've seen mostly in like Manhattan mm-hmm. where they have the booths where they're selling like books and then they have a series of scripts and it's usually like random television episodes. And <laughs> I've never seen that. Movies. Oh my God. It was always on. So I went to NYU. So it was like always on the campus there, like on Broadway over by like Astor Place in Manhattan. And yeah. especially during the school, like during like the beginning of the school year. It was always outside of Pish, which is where mm. it's like the film and theater school there. And there would be like a table set up and there would be this guy selling old books, things like that. And then there'd be just like a bunch of scripts, just like you'd see like a script for Fight Club and then like a random episode of Friends or like just like a <laughs> random Sopranos episode. And I've never bought oh them. I always kind of wanted to, to see if they're legit. What if this is like the first few pages and the rest are just like screw Flanders over and over again? (laughs) It's just like a bunch of just famous quotes just pieced together. Yeah, just one of those days where you don't want to wake up, Frederick Durst. (laughs) It's just a lot of Limp Bizkit lyrics. Uh Uh-huh. Attached to like Tony Soprano. (laughs) 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 Tony Soprano. I did that all for the Nookie. 
God. God. <laughs> I love that. I want to see one of those, like, a la those, like, um, use the forest, like Gandalf, <laughs> and it's a picture of Dumbledore or whatever. <laughs> That's so good. I wish I could buy a script from someone. I bought, I've bought books from people on the street before. I, do, I like doing yeah. that because it's like, oh, I'm encountering a book out in the wild. Um, and <laughs> it's like, I don't, I guess I go in bookstores occasionally, but I never feel like I should buy something because I'm just like, I like just going to a stand with like a very limited selection and being like, oh, I would never have like encountered this otherwise. I will buy that. I will buy that Tim Gunn book on personal style. I will buy (laughs) uh, that book of best lesbian erotica, which um, maybe I disagree a lot with its definition of best, but I still bought it. (laughs) I am just, I'm, I buy so many books and I'm, so terrible at reading and i don't know what's happened to me as a human being Mm -hmm. but i i cannot finish a book at all Mm. anymore it takes me so long it's hard Um, it's like yeah i think i just read so many articles per day yeah and i blame twitter i've decided twitter is the reason for all my problems (laughs) and the biggest problem is that i can't read anything that's like longer than a tweet yeah, no, that it is Twitter. It, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think Twitter is the source of all of our problems. Yeah. Um, But I feel the same way. I, I don't know. I like started a bunch of pretty long books recently and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my God, like they're on my Kindle at least. So I'm not, I think that's less depressing to see how long they are. But like I started reading this biography that's a thousand pages long and I'm like, 200 pages in maybe it's been weeks and i'm just like oh my god like i feel like i'm reading so little but i am reading a lot of pages it's just in one very long book yeah but i've never been a fast reader i'm always like astonished by people who are i used to be such a fast reader i think it kind of shifted around college like i think when reading became less fun i took a lot of really just like literature heavy courses and so i feel like when i when reading became more about like taking notes i was just a lot less interested in it Mm, but i used to be really good at reading quickly yeah i was good at skimming quickly like i could read a bunch of articles like journal articles really quickly and just be like okay i get the point um or like skim a book chapter and be like yeah i i get it um, yeah, but I feel like if I'm reading fiction, I want to be like, you know, like lingering on the prose and stuff because that's half the mm-hmm. point. Like, I'm not reading just to have like, if I were reading just to have like a narrative, I would just read the Wikipedia summary. Um, right. I want to be like enjoying like the the word choices and stuff, and like for me, that means I have to slow down. Um, mm-hmm. and I've tried to like take steps to be like, okay, I'm like blocking Twitter on my phone, so like I don't have it on the train, so I just have to read or just sit there doing nothing (laughs) yeah yeah i like i feel like i lose a lot of my the time that people usually read in new york is usually when i'm like listening to music because i just for the nature of my job i listen to so much and so on the train like it's hard for me to focus like i if i'm listening to a new album like i had to like listen to the kanye album even though i did not want to but like that was my train time you know yeah and so it's hard for me to focus on a book plus like listening to the new Sean Mendes album and getting that ready for like a review or something or also for fun. But like, yeah, it's, 
I don't know. I feel like I lose a lot of that time because it's hard for me to focus on the two things at once. Yeah, it's hard. But I mean, listening to music is important too. Yeah. I don't do that enough. Yeah, I like all my free time is. Yeah, I'm 30 now, which means I only listen to things that were popular when I was in college. Um, (laughs) Or occasionally someone will make me a playlist and I'm like, oh, I'm learning so much (laughs) about Lizzo and Dua Lipa and Sky Ferreira. Oh, thank you. (laughs) What kind of stuff were you listening to in college? (laughs) I feel like we talked about this last time, but I was listening to a lot of... Um, some of the stuff I listened to in college, I don't listen to anymore. Like I used to listen to a lot of like eighties punk, which I don't, I do listen to still, but I've changed, my tastes have changed a lot, um, in that respect. So, um, I was listening to a lot of like eighties, nineties hip hop, um, which I Mm -hmm. still do listen to. I was listening to a lot of like, like not quite emo, but like pop punky stuff. Um, mm-hmm. like we definitely talked about that last time of just like, uh, yeah. panic and I never got into <laughs> follow boys surprisingly, but I was deep yeah. into panic. I, I got into really like dramatic stuff like, um, Los Campesinos who are still mm-hmm. probably my favorite band and who I'm going to see in October, um, oh, fun. in London. And they're playing a, a double set where they're opening for themselves and just playing t- two entire albums. <laughs> um, cause it's a 10 year anniversary of like. Um, their first few albums coming out but um just a lot of stuff like that um yeah yeah like not really that i don't know los campesinos is probably one of the nichest bands i'm into and they're really not that niche (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like i spent college listening to a lot of classic rock Mm. i was like i did my the very prototypical like freshman year at college like i got really into Joni mitchell hell yeah i got really into singer songwriter stuff uh-huh um that was like a lot of what i was listening to because i i was listening to like a lot of like punk i was i think we talked about how i was a scene kid in high school last mm-hmm. time and so that was my high school years and then i think by college i was just like listening to like a lot of a lot of classic rock all the time and then i got really into <laughs> Back like back into pop music by the end of college, where I was just listening to like like One Direction all the time. Yeah, it was like a hard pivot from Bob Seger to Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are Bob Seger's hits? Off the top of my head, I don't think I can name them. Uh, Night moves. My old Tumblr had a lyric from Bob Seger in this was like my like teenage Tumblr, which is just so dark. But it was like a lyric from Night Moves by Bob Seger was the URL. Wow. Because <laughs> that's no great. One. Wait, I was deep in the Bob Seger fandom, of course. He looks wow. Um, wait, okay. <laughs> oh, oh no, I do know one of his songs, which I tweeted about this phenomenon the other day. Um, he did a song called "Old Time Rock and Roll." Yes, and like the phenomenon of rock songs that are just like talking about rock music is like one of the. I hate it. <laughs> I, I well, I don't hate it. I find it really fascinating and so like just stupid. <laughs> it's like (laughs) hey rock music it's good you're listening to it right now but also (laughs) some of it's not as good you gotta listen to the old rock music but this is new but it's in the style of the old one um yeah all those songs are really old man yells at clouds (laughs) 
because it's always like like i forget the name of the the billy joel one but he's like talking about how like people don't think he's rock enough and then um like the rolling stones like they have like it's only rock and roll but i like it uh-huh and then bob Seger's like you gotta listen to that old stuff and it's just like every oh single the one billy is, like, joel one is it's still rock and roll to me yes <laughs> all of those songs it's like uh... but it's literally like what you imagine old man yells at cloud would sound as a yeah. song because they all make it when they get older they I do feel like it's always like their later career song is like let's let's talk about the state of rock and roll yeah and whether we like it or not do we like it maybe maybe yeah. not but billy joel okay wait this song's lyrics um what's the matter with the car i'm driving can you tell that it's out of style should i get a set of white wall tires are you gonna <laughs> cruise a miracle mile nowadays you can't be too sentimental your best bet's a true baby blue continental hot funk cool punk even if it's old junk it's still <laughs> rock and roll to me wow real poetry that's from poetry street poetry <laughs> spit by a true poet um, yeah i mean i guess that happens in like all genres i'm sure country music does that too but i feel like rock is the most obnoxious <laughs> when it comes to that oh yeah uh country songs about country music um the best country yeah. songs about country music at wideopencountry.com <laughs> Can you guess any of these? Do you know country very well? I my country listening is like mm-hmm. Luke Bryan and Florida Georgia Land because I'm trash and I like to listen to mm-hmm. real bro country where they're rapping about T Pain. That's a thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess they are basically the same genre of music. Yeah, there's like there's been such a a wave of country bros over the last few years <laughs> that <laughs> that are just like they love to reference rap music a lot (laughs) (laughs) and i really love it (laughs) that's so interesting they're like importing it to well i'm sure there's crossover with like college guys who listen to oh yeah but then it feels like maybe they're also importing it to like you know my dad is someone who listens to country music quite a lot but i don't think he listens to much hip-hop so maybe they're like taking the stuff that is like interesting or like cool or innovations or whatever and sort of importing it to those audiences which is kind of interesting honestly like the best song maybe of all time is florida georgia lines cruise remix with nelly the most ambitious crossover event (laughs) in history history. (laughs) yeah um what is that i'm gonna look that up um so like florida georgia line has their song cruise and then nelly just like hopped on a remix and he has this just like hilarious verse and it's just like like baby your song makes me want to roll my windows down it's just like very corny country music okay give me but a I second because I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this up um i do have to sit through a 15 second geico commercial though <laughs> they're really trying to monetize this hard oh my god oh florida georgia line looks like a spencer's in deep alabama <laughs> okay wait I it, love just, them. it just oh my god what the hell is happening <laughs> they look what up nelly all right 
this reminds me of that okay the part where they're just like standing in front of like foggy cars yes what was the song that had ron howard show up in it to be like really cool at the time like he got out of a car and it was all foggy and he was like i'm ron howard and like oh i don't know i'm gonna look but now i need to know um, i'm like looking at photos of four georgia line right now and it's <laughs> it's making me very thrilled Oh, it was a Jimmy Fox song. Um, let's let's find that out. Jimmy Fox. Oh, it was Blame It, I think. Oh. Um. Oh, that wasn't. No, that was just him. Jimmy Fox was just also in that. I think. I don't remember. Blame um, it on the alcohol. Yeah. Or was. Oh that yeah, him? that's Jimmy Fox and. T-Pain, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ron Howard does is does show up in that video and it's like supposed to be a big deal. It's one of those videos that opens with like text just like these we present this video and it's like dramatic, like like just like, oh my god, there he is. He's oh in the god. car with his like thinning hair and Ron Howard is just on the screen. And he's like in the club scene and Jake Gyllenhaal's in the video too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was <laughs> what thought of this? that was what 2009 was like. Why aren't we talking about this daily? Forrest Whitaker <laughs> is know. drinking with Jake Gyllenhaal, Jamie Foxx, and Ron Howard surrounded by bottle girls. This is honestly like one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire this life. This is one of the most ambitious crossovers of all time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Why is Forrest Whitaker God, good for him? I need to send you this. Oh wait, you probably can't look at it, but I'm going to copy and paste this freeze frame from that because I just went over to the window where I had the cruise uh, video open i'm just gonna screen cap this and then post it on twitter later and you'll be able to see it okay uh, i'm gonna i need to come up with a good caption for it but like i'm sending you a photo of florida georgia line because it i've never seen this photo before but it's changed my life and it's just like basically sums up florida georgia line that jacket. they look like a friendly kid rock dissociated into two people <laughs> He unfused into <laughs> his component beings. That's like a Steven Universe thing or something. Um, actually, let me send you this picture of them, um, which I'll post on Twitter so people can see. But it's just a screen cap. Um, and um, and here we go. They're just having a good time. Oh, my God. They're just having the best time. Good for them. Yeah. That's how I feel if Nelly appeared in my song. Yeah, me too. I would just be like, yeah. You know? Just like, oh, I love Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. Um, can I tell you about the new music? Well, I say new. It could be from like the last five to ten years. Yeah. The new music I've been listening to on a playlist um, that someone made from or sent to me. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a bespoke playlist. Um, but I'm learning so much. I've got, <laughs> um, I've got some Tove Lo on here. Oh, Tuvalu. Tuvalu. That's how, yeah. that's what I said. Actually, we'll we'll fix that in post. Um, I've got some Jungle Pussy on here. Oh yeah, which is very good. Um, some Cupcake. Oh, I love her. She's very. This song is just about like sucking dicks in like the most raunchy like nasty way i have ever heard that act described and my um, 
my favorite, favorite line probably ever written is sloppy toppy for poppy leave sloppy joe shook it is just beautiful i think about it every few hours <laughs> that's like the part of like cross-section of the brain like how often people think about sex or whatever and then like how often britney thinks about this one line um or like portion of the brain dedicated to this line um, i might get it tattooed on me that's how much i love it I've got some stuff from the new Kesha or new, you know, newer Kesha. Yeah. Um, which I haven't listened to her in so long and it's really good. Um, it's just her having yeah. a good time and being stupid. And a woman is one yeah. of my favorite songs from last year. And it's like so fun. The video is really fun too. Mm, I love that. There's just like parts where she breaks in the middle of it. Like she's just saying yeah. some really stupid line. Then it just like starts laughing. Um, <laughs> Oh, there's like a bunch of Lizzo songs on here. And Lizzo is someone that I encountered previously through a collab with my friend Sadie Dupuis. Uh, yes. But her solo stuff is so good. Yeah, I just interviewed Lizzo, actually, and I love her so much. I think she's just such a great energy in music. Like, I think all of her songs are amazing. Um, she's just like so she can really jump from a lot of different genres without it seeming forced or weird. Yeah. Like she's just like really fun. And I think it, it really works. Like I love her song fitness from this year. The song phone is really funny. Mm. I love a good, like kind of comedic yeah. song and just like the entire narrative of it. If we're just like losing her phone is, is <laughs> beautiful. That's such a relatable <laughs> thing to write a song about. I know. Just the fact that the chorus is where the hell my phone <laughs> <laughs> That isn't it's that what we're all mood. asking? <laughs> yeah, Where the hell's my phone? Where the hell's my phone? Yeah. Um, there is some stuff that I don't care for so much on here. Um, mm. there's like, I feel like some newer Madonna stuff, and like I don't know what the critical reception on that was, but I was just like, oh, um, from Rebel Heart. Yeah, that was like three. Yeah. I say new. That was like three years ago. Um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'd oh, rather okay. just listen to old Madonna stuff. <laughs> yeah i think like it felt like more forced from her than like a lot of her older stuff was like she i think she was like really trying to hop on a lot of trends yes that i think that she didn't need to no she's madonna like that song bitch i'm madonna like but you didn't need to, you you are so you didn't need like, to we know. do that we know we believe you yeah who else no like one. you don't need to show us your id yeah like we get it you could walk into a bar and they would just be like yeah that's madonna and they they would literally say bitch i'm madonna or bitch you're madonna <laughs> um and i did reference the taylor swift song are you ready for ready for it is this what it's called yeah um which i like a lot it is a little odd um i haven't followed her for like years um yeah but i love the like the bassy like verse parts and then it goes into this chorus that's like really like kind of light and dreamy I'm like that's an interesting yeah. contrast um but i kind of just want it to be always playing the bassy parts while i like walk into like some fucking bank to like pull off this huge heist you know <laughs> and i think the moment i became free was the moment i realized how much i love taylor swift yeah i think that was just like a really important just I think I went through a phase in my life where I hated pop music and I just really, and I think we all kind of go through that yeah, phase. Where everyone like, has like, to. This thing is too cool. 
yeah, like I'm I'm too cool to listen to this thing that everyone loves. And once I realized like how much I love Taylor Swift and people kind of like always, especially when she was country, like just thought she was so uncool. And I was like, you know what? I've cried to a lot of her songs. I'm just going to let, let myself own this. Yeah. So yeah, I really like the new album. So weird and so different, mm-hmm. but ready for it is I think one of my favorite songs. My sister also a big fan of it. Mm, the five-year-old so also. Ooh. She wants to dance to ready for it. She was blasting it from the backseat of the car on the way to the concert. I was like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what I was listening to when I was five. What were you listening to when you were five? When I was five, I really loved like golden oldies. Mm. Like there is a golden oldies channel that my grandpa used to play from his pickup truck a lot, and so we would just listen to that. And I really love novelty songs. I still love novelty songs a lot. So like, <laughs> like one-eyed, one-orned, like blind purple people, people eater, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. these just like novelty oldie songs. Um, there was one that I like recently rediscovered that I forgot how much I loved when I was a kid. That's really not politically correct or good. <laughs> it's like a lot of them were really racist. But it's called Running Bear, and it's just, like, a very, it's, the song itself is very good, but then you, like, listen to the lyrics now, and I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) What white person decided to make up this love story between two Native Americans? Oh. But, But yeah, but the song, the beat is good. Mm. But when when I was a kid, I loved it, and I loved, like, those, like, just kind of ridiculous sort of novelty songs from the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. So I used to listen to those a lot. Nice. And then I got really into boy bands by the time I was mm-hmm. like six or seven. Hell yeah. So yeah, because my first concert was in sync um, at the same place where we saw Taylor Swift, actually. Nice. Nice full circle moment. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I listen. Okay, so I sort of have this like anxiety or like um I have this kind of like not anxiety. I forget the word, but um when I was in grad school especially, I was like, oh, my parents didn't really have books in the house when I was growing up and I feel like I'm behind everyone who like had mm-hmm. had that stuff, but what my parents did have was like a lot of pretty good music, some not yeah. so great music too, but like my mom was constantly like blasting Tracy Chapman, uh, Tony Braxton, um, Super Tramp, just like all this stuff that was like pretty good and like formative. Um, yeah. And then the first album I ever had, or like the first cassette I ever had, was Bad, which yeah. just kind of informed my whole deal. <laughs> because that, yeah, is, my, yeah. My entire family, like, everyone has such specific taste. Like, my grandpa was, like, he loved Elvis. Like, that was his favorite, favorite artist. And so we'd listen to, like, a lot of Elvis, a lot of music from that era of rock. And then my mom really loved Prince and Michael Jackson. And um, those were, like, two of her favorite artists. But then she was also, like, in her 20s, in the 90s, and, like, super into Alanis Morissette, who she's still obsessed with. And, Mm. like... Tracy Bonham's Mother Mother is still like one of her favorite songs. Like all those kind of angry 90s women were really her <laughs> yeah. 
favorite thing. And then my grandma loved like Motown girl groups. And my dad's a huge metalhead. Mm. I grew up kind of like with people who were very specific, had very specific taste and very specific artists. Like my dad was obsessed with Metallica, still is obsessed with Metallica. (laughs) My parents won tickets to Metallica when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, And I don't think either of them were really that into them, but they just won tickets through like a beer thing. (laughs) And I just remember them going to this Metallica concert and me staying with my grandparents. And uh, I should ask my, (laughs) my, my parents what that was like. Yeah. My mom, like, I hope, like, I kind of hope it's true, but I also like don't want to think too hard on it or like <laughs> think it into reality. But my mom was like convinced that I was conceived after a Metallica concert, <laughs> which is just like, <laughs> which like makes a lot of sense uh-huh. just for a lot of things about me. But like, yeah, I'm just, I don't want to, I'm going to leave it You don't want to think too much her. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a good story that I have. Yeah, that you have and don't have to think that deeply about. And yeah. the, the part of your brain that's dedicated to that is much smaller than that the, that Lizzo lyric. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's good. Uh, well, do you want to move on to the segment that we do on the show? Yeah. Yeah, that segment is called Get Wrecked. Get Wrecked. And it's a segment where we recommend things. And um, what I recommend is not forgetting to remind guests about the segment. And not forgetting that this segment exists myself um, and thus having things to fucking recommend without furiously looking around your room being like, um, chokers, um, uh, a Ghostbusters bumper sticker. um, uh, I don't know. Um, But do you have something or should I try to make something up? Um, I would like to recommend having a crush i'm having like a crush for the first time in a while and i'm it's kind of fun yeah me too i forgot how much i enjoy it and don't hate it (laughs) it's um it can be really fun it can also for me it can be really like i don't know it reminds me of being in high school and like not always in a good way it can feel kind of like out of control and like i'm someone who likes to feel very in control of my emotions same and when something happens that pushes me out of that i'm like this is a kind of uncomfortable feeling, but I'm sort of trying to learn to be like, that's okay. And like, that doesn't make it bad. And it's okay to not be in control a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I think like, I didn't really start dating until I was like in college. And so crushes were always very stressful for me. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? It's kind of fun. Yeah. It's an exciting thing. I'm kind of in one at the moment too. Um, yeah. And it's, it's nice. Um, it's weird cause like, it's weird to be or unfamiliar to me to be so invested in every tiny little gesture. Um, and I tend to get kind of like uncool when I have a crush where I'm just like, cause I'm kind of used to being able to be really smooth. Um, yeah. whether it's like in a long-term relationship when you sort of like get more comfortable with the other person and you're not like second guessing everything or yeah. when you're sort of just like seeing someone that like you're into, but like not like crushing hard on and you can be kind of like cool about things. Um, and when you're sort of in that crushy space, it's like harder to be like, like, I feel like every time I say something, I'm like, I have to clarify like, oh, I didn't mean, I didn't mean that. Or like when someone like pauses <laughs> when there's like a pause in like a, a like a an iMessage I'm like 
did I say something wrong? What's going on? Oh, no. <laughs> um, so I'm working on that. I'm working on yeah. not being like that so much. Um, I think like our, our mutual friend, Lola Pellegrino, says something, and I'm trying to remember the exact way she phrased it, but she she called it like her heartbreak level mm. and like her like base level of heartbreak at all times. <laughs> and I think hers was like a three. And I think mine for a long time was just like at an eight. Like I was just always, oh, no. I was always very Shakespearean about my crushes. And I was like, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and like things like that. <laughs> I was always very dramatic and very like, you know, I think I've, I've moved it down to like a good, like two or three. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah. You know, I've sort of like had this theory that spring has been uncuffing season because um, it may just be one of those things where sort of, you know, personal experience leads you to see it everywhere. But I feel like a lot of people I know have broken up in the last few oh, months. Yeah. And um, I don't know what that is, if it's just spring and people wanting other things or like um, feeling this sense of like wanderlust or something. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I know it's um, it's an interesting, weird, scary, fun space to be in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's. Um, it's neat, you know? I just think it's neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although we can't make, I guess we can make Spotify playlists now. That's the thing we do. Um, oh, yeah. That's the new thing. Because um, for a long time, people were like, you can't make mixtapes anymore. And like, uh, you can't burn CDs anymore. And well, you can make a playlist. Uh, that's almost as good. Yeah. Have you done that before? Can I have. I've made a lot of playlists for people. <laughs> I haven't done it since I haven't done it in like five years. And I think the last time I did it was for the um my last long term partner. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I'll make a very I like to make very like ambitious playlists. But the thing is like all all my favorite songs are just kind of unromantic so i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no. no me too um or the ones that i do like that are romantic are very like darkly romantic yeah um, like i don't know there's like a lot of like i really am into like an arch aesthetic which is why i like um power pop like panic so much because um yeah it's just so yeah um it's like that that heartbreak level eight for me is like I listen to so many just sad songs and I'm just like oh this isn't like the Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac is a very sad oh my song God. I want to put it on a playlist but like I don't think you want a romantic playlist where there's a lyric that's like I will follow you down till the sound of my voice will haunt you. <laughs> but there are romantic Fleetwood Mac songs. I yeah. think. I mean, a lot of rumors is not. It's it's very breakupy. <laughs> like never going back again. Uh, yeah. the, the chain, go your own way. <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it, I mean, you make loving fun is kind of like it's not romantic. It's more just like I don't know. Dreams, I guess, is kind of nice. Um, yeah. A lot of that album is rough. You can make but, it work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. If they're know. worth your time, they'll understand the sad Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good test. Yeah. Like one of my favorite dark romance songs. I don't know if it's a romance or like a breakup. It's kind of both. But the Elvis Costello track, I Want You. 
Um, yes. It's so fucking dark and I love it. <laughs> um, it's just him like, just like, like rumbling. I want you. And just like describing this like destroyed room and like, ugh. um, <laughs> yeah, I love him. Um, I am going to recommend a board game that I've been playing with my roommate, Eric Thurm, my other roommate, Jeff. Um, yeah. And we, you know, I used to play a lot more board games in college because I worked at a board game store uh-huh. and I lived with a bunch of people who are really into board games. And um, this was kind of before board games were like super, super popular. Like Catan mm-hmm. was sort of becoming a thing. But like, other than that, it was pretty like, you know you'd have to explain to people like oh we're playing a board game and they're like monopoly and it's like no it's um it's kind of more fun than that um yeah so we've been playing this game called sherlock holmes consulting detective Ooh, i know and um you aren't sherlock holmes you're people who work for sherlock holmes and um or it's not really clear if you're being paid it could just be you're like a fan club um But the idea is that there's like these crimes, there's like cases, there's like nine different cases and you're trying to solve them before Sherlock Holmes does or in like a, with like in a more efficient way than Sherlock Holmes Mm -hmm. does, which is basically impossible. Um, but it's still fun. The idea is like you're given this case and like, there's like a murder that happened or something. And, Uh um, so you have like a map of London and you have like an address or like a list of locations with like all these people in it. And you basically choose where to go to gather clues. Like, it's like, Oh, the guy was killed at this hotel. Okay. Let's look up the address for this hotel and then go there and then flip to the page in the guide or in like the case book that corresponds to that. And then it has this like text that you read. That's like, we talked to the manager and he says that this guy was seen at like 10 o'clock and blah, blah, blah. And then you start of start to form theories about things. Um, Yeah. And uh, there's also a newspaper for every case that's, like, the newspaper for that day, which you need to, like, check to, like, get clues and stuff as well. Um, And we've done a couple of them correctly, but a lot of them we've just totally fucked up. Um, (laughs) But, like, the last one we had was this Sherlock Holmes saying, like, check the newspaper. There's something interesting. And it was like, what the fuck, man? And uh, we had to solve the murder of two lions. Uh, oh wow which was really difficult but um and there's always like weird victorian sherlock holmes shit in it too like that we always at the beginning like eric will be like what if it's a sword cane or what if it's hypnosis and then it turns out like it absolutely was both of those things which we didn't (laughs) think existed but it's sherlock holmes (laughs) so of course they do um and it's just like a cooperative game and like it's kind of just like a choose your own adventure slash like mystery and like it's fun because you can really play it at whatever pace you want. We usually take like two or three sessions to finish a case. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like a bunch of reading and like solving stuff. And it makes you feel really smart when you concoct a theory that turns out to be right. Um, and it makes you feel <laughs> really stupid when Sherlock Holmes is like, I solved it in two leads. Um, and we're just like, that's impossible. But um, <laughs> we've been playing a lot of cooperative games and I just don't like playing competitive games anymore. Um, yeah. But there's so many good cooperative ones now that um it's really fun and it's like fun to work together as a team to like try and accomplish something yeah yeah i'm so bad at competitive games i get too competitive oh me too i get so I get really angry bitter when i lose i'm just like well fine 
Fuck I've like you. flipped the board during <laughs> the game of life because I got so mad when I was like when I the last time I played life I was just so mad that I was not getting the stuff that I wanted and I was like ah. my Leo really popped out <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now is that that's a Leo thing being competitive I just like want like wanting everything to go oh my way what's, I can't do it what's a Libra thing Libra is like kind of people pleasy Mm. sometimes i feel like the cooperative thing is definitely like like preferring to play something that's a little bit more cooperative feels yeah, like very that sounds Libra-ish. right that sounds right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like no. wanting to work with everyone on it yeah no it is kind of a um there's a seinfeld bit um which i feel so bad saying that that starting a sentence that way but um <laughs> just just roll with it. There's like a George Costanza. I'm just going to play this clip real quick so I can hear it. Um, and I'll link it in the show notes. But uh, it's basically George saying like, everyone must like me. <laughs> it's like very important that everyone must like George Costanza. Yeah. And um, to some extent, I identify with that. I've been moving more away from that where I'm like, some people are allowed to not like me or hate me even. And it doesn't affect me at all. Um, yeah. But there's still that that tendency, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> astrology is real. So real. So real. Um and we guided all, my entire life. We all need something to hold on to in these troubled times. <laughs> and if it's astrology, so be it. If it's uh buying a lot of Lego, um, <laughs> like I started doing, um, that's valid too, you know? <laughs> you are valid. Like Lego pieces? No, like Lego kits. Oh, fun. Yeah. I mean, I am running out of desk space because like once I, I like the building, <laughs> but then when I'm done, I'm like, and what do I do with this? Um, So I've started disassembling <laughs> some and just like snapping them together when I'm bored because it's really satisfying. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I have like a bunch of Star Wars sets just like sitting on my desk and I'm like, I guess I need shelves now. Do I want to <laughs> display this? Is this who I am? You need to display it. You should get like glass boxes for them. <laughs> they're not like collector's pieces. They're just like could... they're just like Luke drinking the space cow's milk um in his little <laughs> island surrounded by porgs. Wait, I love that they have a Lego set for that cuz that scene was amazing. They don't actually have a Lego space cow because they're cowards, but they do have Luke with like a little <laughs> bottle um <sighs> On his li- in his little hut with porgs, which is very, very, very good. And um, I do have a hot dog stand set up outside that island now. Um, Amazing. Which is, is good. I need a Kylo Ren because I do want him to be eating a hot dog. Because yeah. he, he needs to grow up big and strong. <laughs> he needs his big boy hot dogs. He needs his big boy hot dogs so he can be really wide. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And do you want to tell people thank where they can find me. you online? Um, everyone can find me on Twitter. Oh, hey, Brittany. O-H-H-E-Y-B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. And that's where I unfortunately am a lot of times. <laughs> you had a and really big... And where you can big, also find my work. <laughs> you had a really big cover piece recently, didn't you? Yes, I wrote the May cover story for Rolling Stone about Janelle Monet. Hell yeah. Which I still have pinned on my profile if you'd like to read it and she was the most delightful person that's ever lived and was a great time to spend time with so yeah if you would like to check it out it's 
still pinned on my profile and will be probably forever. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you again so much. And um, yeah, I hope you have a great day. Thank you for having me. You too. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.